This morning, in light of recent events, I am, uh, from this pulpit, going to address the problem of racism this morning. Racism, understand, is a problem. It is a problem in our nation. Uh, It is a problem in our institutions. And sadly enough, it is also a problem in our churches. Now, I'm going to ask that you would listen very carefully this morning, that that you would hear very carefully this morning, because out of context, let me just tell you this, some of this message... Uh, would be an absolute train wreck, but even in context, this message today will be hated by the world, and I I already know that. I expect that. Uh, I truly believe that. There are people that will hear this message, and it will make their blood boil. This message is counter of the world, and it is going to be opposed by the world, and so I'm going to ask as we go through these next few minutes that you would listen, and that you would listen very Carefully, I'm going to ask if you would stand with me. I want to start off today with a word of prayer as we begin. Please stand. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come today and I am thankful for my Savior Jesus. And Lord, I pray that the, the things that we have done today have been a sweet sound in your ear. We do exalt you. You are the King of all kings. Our Lord, the only hope, our Savior, risen from the dead, Jesus Christ. Lord, we exalt you. We lift your name up. Lord, I pray as we begin to study today that we would hear from you, not from a church, not from a denomination, not from even a preacher, but we would hear from you today. And I pray that your people would listen. I pray that we would be changed. We would be convicted. If need be, we would be corrected. But I pray the fruit of the next few minutes is we would hear from the living God who hasn't disappeared somewhere, who is living and active who hears, who sees, who is infinitely wise and is tremendously kind in his dealings with us. And so, Lord, I pray that we would hear from you. Lord, I pray if there's one in the hearing of this today that does not know you, that has not trusted you, Jesus, for their salvation, I pray that today, this very day, to the glory of God the Father, to the glory of our Savior Jesus, they would trust you, put their faith in you. Lord, speak, move, lead And we give this to you as an act of worship. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Racism is a problem. But the problem is not the issue. Now hear that very carefully today. Racism is not the issue. Now, I, I want you to hear with all the things going on today, all the voices that are speaking today, Satan wants us to miss the issue. That's how he operates. That's what he does. He wants us to miss the issue. Understand, racism is not the issue, but racism is a symptom of the issue. Now, I want you to think about that for just a second. If you are sick or if you're becoming sick, there are medicines that you can take, and this is pretty much what we do, that will fight the symptoms. And if you start to get the cold or the flu, you can go to the store and they have cold and flu medicine, and it will mask the symptoms. It will reduce the pain of the symptoms. It may not fix what it is that's causing us to be ill, but it covers up the symptoms. Well, be sure and understand today Racism is not the issue, but rather it is a symptom of 
the issue. Now, there's a whole lot of folks that are making it the issue, and so they're trying to find ways to combat that as if it were the issue, and really they're doing like we do with our cold medicine. They are just masking. They are just covering up. They are just covering the pain of the real issue. So understand today, racism is not the issue, but rather it is a symptom of the issue. Now, let me just tell you this. The symptoms have been coming. And just like when you start to feel like you're going to get sick and maybe you start home and you have a headache or maybe you start to feel a raspiness in your voice or maybe it starts off with a a sniffle or a sneeze, just like that, the symptoms of this issue, they have been coming. Let me tell you some of the symptoms. The secularization of the church, that is a symptom of the issue. And I'll just tell you right now, no one, if you notice this, no one is looking to the church for answers. Have you noticed that? No one is saying, well, what is the church saying? What is the church going to do? No one is looking at the leaders of the church to see what we do from here. And the reason for that is the church most of the time looks so much like the world that we'll just skip the middleman and go straight to the world. And so one of the symptoms of our issue today is the secularization of the church. That is a symptom that has been coming. Here's another one. Another symptom that we see is not protecting the lives of the unborn. And I'm talking about abortion. That is a terrible symptom of this issue. And it has been coming and we've become comfortable with that. Another symptom that's been coming and it's really sped up the last 10 or so years is rejecting the truth of marriage and and things we wouldn't have ever done not that long ago. All of a sudden we're saying, you know what? Marriage is not defined by God, not defined by his word, but it can be this person and that person and the same sex of people. And really more than that, we are saying marriage is not even necessary. And the majority of folks having kids today are doing that out of the institution of marriage. And so one of the symptoms of the issue is the dissolving of the home. And that's been going on for quite some time. The symptoms have been coming. And racism is another symptom of the issue. Here it is, and it's in our face, and I'll just go ahead and tell you, you'd be crazy to say our nation is divided, and I don't know that it's ever been as divided. Hatred fills the air, and you watch it. People are turning on each other, and then it is confusing. There's all sorts of information, and somebody says this, and somebody says, well, this is the way forward, and there's all sorts of information, and people are hurting in the midst of it. Racism is a symptom of the issue. And the issue is this. And I'm talking to the church of Jesus Christ. I'm talking to believers this morning. The issue is this. We have set aside, we have denied, we have abandoned the word of God as truth. That's the issue. You want to know what the issue is? That is the issue. All of these things, as terrible as they are, man, they're evil, they're terrible. They are just symptoms of the issue. And the issue is we have set aside, we have denied, we have abandoned the word of God as our source of truth. That is the issue. Somebody might hear that and they say, well, that sounds too simplistic. 
Surely there's got to be a more academic answer than that. Surely there's got to be a more thoughtful answer than just that. Somebody will hear that and say, well, that sure sounds religious. Isn't that just going to deal with our salvation? That sounds like a religious thing. Someone might say, you know what? That sounds very self-serving from a preacher of the Bible. But I'll just tell you and be very sure of this. The issue is today we have set aside, we have abandoned, we have denied the word of God as the truth. And I want to tell you, even in the church, sadly in the church. Now let me tell you why. And you hear that and say, well, I don't know about that. Well, let me just go ahead and tell you why. How do we know the issues that we've set aside, we've abandoned, we've denied the word of God? It is because if we were going by the word of God, and I'm talking about the Bible, we would be certain that God is the creator of life. If we were going by the Bible, we would be certain that God is the creator of life. And because of that, listen to me, all life has purpose. All life has value because he is infinitely wise and gracious and kind as he created all life has meaning. Because of that, all life is to be cherished. And so understand, racism is just a symptom of the issue. And let me just keep going. Here's a big one. The issue is we've set aside, we've denied, we've abandoned the word of God. Because if we were going by the word of God, the Bible, we would know there is only one race, the human race. You go back and you read the creation account, and I'm going to tell you most of the attacks today are against the creation account. Most of the attacks are against the start of the Bible in Genesis, and they're saying, what, that doesn't add up scientifically, and that doesn't add up logically, and that's not something we can defend, and that's not something we can embrace, and so the attack of Satan, and so the attack of a world is against the creation account. You go back and you read that a creation account, and it says there is only one race that he created. God created one man, and from that man a woman, and he declared after his act of creation it is good and I want you to hear me today we are all descendants of the same people and let me just say this and any deviation of that is of Satan any deviation of that is a lie any deviation of that is a sin before God there is only one race there is only one race World comes along, man, they're tricky. World comes along and over, I don't know how many hundreds of times they give me a checklist and you're filling out some paperwork for something and they say, you need to check one of these boxes. You're an Indian or you're an American Indian or you're black or you're Hispanic or you're Asian or you're white or you're Anglo. Listen to me, that is a lie. From now on, I'm gonna check other. Human Created by God in the image of God, there is only one race. There is only one race. We've bought the lie. We've bought the lie. And while we're on the subject, I've got the floor, so I'll just keep going. Since 1910, the predominant thought, it used to be called a theory, now many times it's called a law, is the theory of evolution. Let me tell you about the theory of evolution. Some of y'all may get mad, that's all right. When you set down the Bible, 
as the source of truth. When you deny the Bible as the source of truth, and you say that people have evolved, now follow with me, what that means is some have evolved higher than others. And that's what evolution teaches. We're in the process of evolving and some have evolved higher than others. What that means is if we are evolving, that means somebody is under me. That means that I have evolved and somebody is under me. And I want to tell you the result of that is always going to be division. If you teach generation after generation of kid that somebody else has not evolved as much as you are, the result of that is going to be factions and it's going to be racism. It is a lie when you sit down the Bible and teach evolution. Evolution produces hatred. It is a lie from Satan. Go look it up this afternoon if you're not taking a nap. Charles Darwin is a white man who in his studies declared, listen to this, the highest evolved species, what do you think it's going to be? A white man. Higher than women, blacks, or monkeys. Direct quote from some of his direct followers that have lesser evolution. They've evolved to a lesser extent. Listen to me today, friend, and hear this. There is only one race, and it is the human race created by a loving and gracious and infinitely wise God. And when he completed it, he said, it is good, and to teach any differently is a lie. Now, so we can be sure today, I don't want to be ambiguous today, and, and, and you go out of here and you declare this. Racism is of Satan. Racism is a lie, and it is built on a lie, the denial of the truth of God's word. Racism is a sin. Racism is a sin. Now, the issue is we've abandoned the word of God. We've left the word of God. We've denied the word of God. And let me keep on on this thought because listen to me, if we were going by the Bible, listen to me, believer, we would know. Now here's, here's, here's some more of the symptoms. It, it, the, the issue is we've abandoned the word of God and the reason we know this because if we were going by the word of God, we would know, listen, that we are not to show favoritism. James chapter two, verse one. We would know if we were going by the Bible not to divide on issues of wealth. James chapter two, verse two. We would know if we were going by the Bible not to make distinctions, in fact, on any appearance, outward appearance. James chapter two, verse four. We would know if we were going by the Bible that we're to show mercy. Listen to these words. Mercy and compassion for people. James chapter two, verse 13. We would know if we're going by the Bible that we're to set aside all malice, envy, and slander. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 1. Listen, we're not to walk in it. We're not even to wink at it. We're not to join in it, but we're to set aside all malice, envy, and slander. We would know if we're going by the Bible that we're to love not hate our brother because the Bible says love is of God. 1 John chapter 2 says that. In fact, the Bible says I'm not even to claim to love God if I have hatred in my heart for my brother because in doing so, I would proclaim I am a liar. 1 John chapter 3, verses 10 and 11. 
Do you see how clear that is? Do you see how plain that is? If we were going by the Bible, we would know that we're not to think more highly of ourselves than we ought. Romans chapter 12, verse 3, that means we're not to ever think we're better than somebody else. We would know that if we were going by the Bible. If we were going by the Bible, we would know that we're to be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Devoted means I am committed to you. I am given over to you. Romans chapter 12, verse 10. We would know if we're going by the Bible that we're to give preference to one another. Listen, that's a lost thing today. That means to say, I defer to you. I give you first place. I'm gonna come behind and I'm gonna serve you. We're to give preference to one another. Romans chapter 12, verse 10. We would know if we're going by the Bible that we are to honor one another. That means respect. That means instead of tearing respect away, we're to be heaping respect on. Romans chapter 12, verse 16. You know what we used to call that? Common decency. We don't tear people down. We build them up. Common decency. If we were going by the Bible, we would know that we're to bless even those who persecute us. Even those who persecute us. Romans chapter 12, verse 14. If we were going by what the Bible says, we would know that we're to rejoice with those who are rejoicing and we're to weep with those that are weeping. What that means is we have a heart for people because after all, they're just people like we are people. Romans chapter 12, verse 15 says that. If we were going by the Bible, we would know that we're to be of the same mind toward one another. Romans chapter 12, verse 16. If we were going by the Bible, we would know that we're not to be stuck up or self-righteous. The Bible says, haughty in mind. Good grief, do we understand that's what the Bible says? We're not to be thinking we're better than other folks. Romans chapter 12, verse 16 says that. If we were going by the Bible, we would know we're to associate with the lowly. We're not to shun them. We're not to drive them away or separate from them. Romans chapter 12, verse 16 says that. If we were going by the Bible, listen to this one. We would know that we're never to repay evil for evil. But what if the offense is big? What if it upset me big time? I'm never to repay evil for evil. Rather, I'm supposed to express grace and compassion and forgiveness. That is the call of Christianity. Romans chapter 12, verse 17 says that. If we were going by the Bible, we would know we're supposed to respect Different opinions. Respect what is right in the sight of others. Romans chapter 12, verse 17 says that. If we were going by the Bible, we would know that as far as I can and as far as you can, as far as it depends upon us, we're not to be contentious. We're not to be factitious. We're not to be divisive. We're not to be, listen, pulling people into groups because we're supposed to be at peace with all men. Romans chapter 12, verse 18 says that. If we were going by the Bible, we would know we're not to go around seeking our revenge. We're not to go around trying to get others to join us in that. We're not to go around sowing seeds of hatred, but rather we are to turn it over to God who graciously says, son or daughter, if you'll set it down, I'll take care of it for vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Romans chapter 12 verse 19 says that. If we were going by the Bible, we would know we're to forgive as we have been forgiven. How much have you been forgiven? Well, it says 70 times seven times seven. There's not a count on that. Romans chapter eight, Matthew chapter 18, verse 21 says that. 
If we were going by the Bible, we would know we're to be kind and tenderhearted to one another. Listen to the translation of that. We're to be easy with one another. We're not to be rough. We're to be easy, kind, and tenderhearted. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 32 says that. If we were going by the Bible, we would know, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called, what? Sons of God. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the gentle, for they shall inherit the earth. Matthew chapter 5. If we were going by the Bible, we would know that we're to love our neighbors as ourselves. In fact, we would know the greatest ethic of the Christian faith is love itself. And we would know that the definition of that is we are to serve others. We are to give others even at the cost of ourselves. We would know if we were going by the Bible, that is the example of Jesus, especially on the cross of Calvary. Mark chapter 12 verse 31 says that. Oh, friend, we have set down the word of God and look what it's done to us. Look what it's done to us. God, forgive us. The issue is we've abandoned the word of God. We've sat down, we've denied the word of God because, listen very carefully, this is the biggest one, I think. We've denied the word of God because if we were going by the Bible, we would know Jesus is the answer. He's the only answer. And I'll just tell you, man, I've seen more stuff in the last couple weeks. We wouldn't be scrambling around looking to a group, looking to a people, looking to a government looking to a system, looking to a philosophy for the answer, because if we were going by the Bible, we would know Jesus Christ is the answer. Listen to me today. He alone can set all the wrongs to right. Do you understand that's the ministry of the gospel? He alone brings reconciliation first between sinful man and God through the blood of the cross and then after that reconciliation between men. He alone brings reconciliation. He alone forgives our sin, wiping our records clean. No other way can you be free of your sin. He alone forgives you of that. He alone, listen to me, brings peace. He says, peace I give. He explains it not as the world gives. That peace is never gonna last. That peace is not real. It's not gonna hold up. But he says, we will have peace in him. Listen to me today. We will never find peace outside of Jesus Christ. And I'll just tell you, for all these sins, the sin of hate, the sin of division, and listen to me, friend, division is a sin, the sin of racism, Jesus has defeated that sin. In the power of the cross, he stands as the victor over sin. And so if you're looking for an answer, the Bible would have told us, Jesus is that answer. Jesus is the answer. Well, don't we need to get a committee together? No, Jesus is the answer. Don't we need to see what the politicians say? No, they ought to listen to us. Jesus is the answer. John chapter 14, verse 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. The answer is Jesus. That's the message of the Bible. 
That's what we miss when we set down the Bible. The answer is Jesus. Let me just tell you this morning, if you're looking for the answer today, it's Jesus. If you're tired of your sin today, the guilt, the condemnation of your sin, the answer is Jesus. If you're tired of running and, and striving on a system of works, trying to get somewhere you can't ever get, the answer is Jesus. If you're tired of division, the division mostly of your own heart, hatred mostly of your own heart, if you're looking for peace that lasts, the answer is Jesus. He offers forgiveness. He offers peace. He offers eternal life. Friend, if you're looking for answers today, let me tell you, turn to Jesus. Turn to Jesus. And the last one is this. It's a big deal. The issue is we've abandoned the word of God. We have set aside, we have denied the word of God because if we were going by the Bible, listen very carefully, we would know the cause is the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let me just, let me just say a couple things right here. The world's answers are getting nowhere. If you figured that out, if you noticed that, you know, we've got, man, we've got advancements and we've got technology and we've got communication and we've got social scientists and psychologists and all, all sorts of folks and we can understand the human brain and the chemicals in the brain and we can understand this emotion breeds that emotion and if this has happened in your past, most likely this will happen in your future and all these systems and all these ways. Have you figured out the world's answers? Everybody keeps saying, educate, educate, educate. We've been educating. Listen, the world's answers aren't working. Have you figured that out? The world's answers are turning people against people. The world's answers are causing people to hate other people. And I want to just tell you, in 2020, I'm going to launch my daughter out into a world where the haves are fighting against the have-nots, and the have-nots are upset with the haves, and the Democrats are against the Republicans, and the Republicans would like to, would like to take out the Democrats, and the essential people are mad at the non-essential people, and the non-essential people are wondering however you got declared essential, and that is the world we live in. The world answers are not producing results. And I'll just tell you, and I, I'm going to be bold in this, the sad thing is the church today has taken up the world's remedies. That's why no one cares what the church says. The world's saying, the church is saying what the world is. The world is taking up the, the, the world's system. The church is taking up the world's system. And let me just tell you why. Because they have lost faith in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, maybe some panel of psychologists can sort this out for me. Maybe some folks of all the different diversity groups, can, they can explain this to me. And the church has lost confidence in the gospel of Jesus Christ. I want you to hear me today and I want you to be very sure of this. The gospel of Jesus Christ and the gospel alone changes hearts. I've seen it, I've seen it. In fact, I'm one of those folks. 
The gospel alone, you want to change somebody's mind? The gospel alone changes the mind because the word of God transforms from the inside out. The gospel, listen, the Bible says of itself, it is the power of God and the salvation. We're saved, we're delivered, we have eternal life in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I want you to hear me today. The greatest agent of peace and of reconciliation is the gospel of Jesus Christ. The only means of true transformation it is the gospel of Jesus Christ, the greatest message of hope. In fact, the only enabler of life is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that is our mission. That is our cause as believers. You want to go march somewhere? March if God leads you to do it. God's speed in it. You want to change the political system, the voting system? If you can do that, God bless you for your effort. But I don't want us to be deluded today. I don't want us to miss this today. The cause and the mission of followers of Jesus Christ is to proclaim the hope that endures, the peace that passes all understanding, the Savior for sin. The mission of the follower of Christ today is to find the highest peak and in the midst of all this craziness to say, Jesus saves, Jesus saves, Jesus saves. Last week, I heard several times, I kept hearing it, but what do we do? Did you hear anybody say that or maybe post that? What, but what do we do? I see the problem. I see the problem in my lens. But what do I do? What do we do? You say I hate Racism. Do you hate it enough, black person, to tell the white person of Jesus? Do you hate it enough, white person, to tell the black person of a kind, gracious Savior that loves them? Or the Muslim, or the Republican, or the Democrat, or the person that has hurt you? What about that person? Our cause our issue is the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation. Last few weeks, I see people, and it's, it's kind of, kind of a, a popular saying, and they'll say, are you listening? Are you listening? Or I watch people and they post, I am listening. Hashtag, I am listening. Well, I'm going to say something and the world's going to hate it. The world's gonna call it offensive and intolerant. So I want you to listen very carefully as I say this. Listen very carefully. I don't need to know your perspective, listen, to know your answer. Did you hear that? I wanna explain it. I do not need to know your perspective to know your answer. Here, here's what's got us all divided up. I hear folks saying all this week, well, you're not black. You're not black. You don't know what it's like to be black. You need to listen to me tell you what it's like to be black. And then I hear folks, they get riled up and they say, well, you're not white. And you don't know what it's like to be white and you've never lived as a white person. So you have to let me tell you what it's like to be white. And if you notice what that's doing, that's drawing back into camps. Well, let me just tell you right now, I do not need to know your perspective. Listen, to know your answer. I don't need to know the perspective of a person of another color. 
I don't need to know the perspective of a woman if I'm a man, and you don't need to know the perspective of a man if you're a woman. I don't need to know the perspective of an abused person. I don't need to know the perspective of an addicted person. I do not need to know your perspective to know your answer. Now listen very carefully, it's important. Because the answer is the same as mine. Do you see that? The answer is the same as mine. And I want to tell you, here's the point to all of this. It is equal ground at the cross of Calvary. If you come to the cross of Calvary, and if you come and you stand beside our Savior's cross, and you look up there at the Savior of that cross, I want to tell you, it is equal ground. And your color does not matter at the foot of the cross. And your wealth does not matter. It won't buy you a stinking thing at the foot of the cross. And your reputation, your status, they do not matter at the foot of the cross. Because I want to tell you, when you come to the cross, you You are a sinner for all of sin. You need a Savior, each and every one of us. And when you come to the cross, for God so loved the world, the world that he gave his only begotten son, and it is equal footing at the bottom of the cross. And so are you listening The voice we need to hear today, listen very carefully, is the voice of God. The voice we need to hear today is the voice of God. The voice that the church needs to be putting out, not a rubber stamp of the world system, the voice of God. The hope for sinners, listen, it's the word, the voice of God. What we need to hear today is the voice of our creator, of our lover. He loves us through Jesus, our redeemer. We need to hear the voice of God. Listen, you want to know what we do right now? We pick up the word of God. And in so doing, we embrace the savior of that word. Because friends, there is an answer. His name is Jesus. I finished this yesterday. And a song stuck in my head. Jesus, oh Jesus, do you know him today? Please don't turn him away. Listen to this next line. Without him, how lost I would be. We're trying to go it without Christ. We're trying to go it without the word of Christ, the word of God. We have an answer. The hope is Jesus. I want to tell you in the midst of all this crazy bad news, I want to tell you this. And listen, put your head up. There is good news today. There is good news today. And I'll tell you that the light shines darkest the brightest in the darkest days. And I want to tell you there is good news today. Even in the midst of all this, there is good news. And that is this, our anchor still holds. Our anchor has not shifted. It has not moved. The substance of our anchor is Jesus Christ and our anchor still holds today. I want to tell you there is good news. Our hope still stands today. It's not any less than it was two weeks ago. It's not any less than it was four months ago. Our hope still stands in a risen Savior, Jesus. 
I want to tell you, listen, today, we ought to get our heads up, and we ought to be positive, and we ought to be encouraging, and we ought to tell a lost and scrambling world, Jesus saves, Jesus saves, Jesus saves. There is good news today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come. Lord, I'm so sad of what your world's become. I, I know your heart must break. It's the fruit of Satan and his lies. It's the snatching of your word away. But Lord, I'm thankful that you didn't leave us as orphans. You gave us the Holy Spirit of God inside of us. You didn't leave us with no direction. You left us the word of God that's living and active. And you didn't leave us without a remedy. We have a risen Savior in Jesus. So Lord, we come, and I tell you, I'm sorry for the sins of the past. I'm sorry for my sins. I'm sorry for neglecting to not knowing the truth of your word, that we would be bold in its proclamation. Lord, I pray that we would use this day as a turning point. I pray that we would stand and we would happily, joyfully proclaim there is an answer. And friend, let me tell you, in kindness, it's Jesus. Lord, I pray if there's any that do not know him in the hearing of this room, and those that will hear it outside this room, I pray, Lord, that you would speak to their heart. I pray that the message of the gospel, the truth of Jesus, would bear its fruit today and they would turn to you in salvation for your glory, your namesake. Lord, we seek you. We turn to you. And in the midst of all of this, we praise you. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.